Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. All right, well, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and as always promised, we bring you the best of the absolute best in areas to help you go further, faster in your life. And today, I'm extremely excited because our guest today has does something, and let me just say this. If you're not one already, then you probably are going to be one soon, but guaranteed you had a couple of them in your life, and that is a parent. And my guest today is the amazing Dr. Deborah Tillman. She's a global and parenting family specialist. And by the way, normally I don't read everybody's bio, but today I'm going to read it to you just so you know this amazing woman that you're dealing with here. (laughs) She's a global parenting and family specialist. Her love for children, faith-based approach, and passion for empowering parents has made her the go-to transformational parenting leader. So much so that in 2001, Lifetime Television cast Deborah as America's super nanny, and she has more than lived up to the name worldwide. She's a CEO of her Happy Home Christian Leadership Academy for Early Learners and a top-rated child care provider in Northern Virginia. Dr. Tillman has been a reoccurring parenting guest and expert on the Steve Harvey daytime talk shows, as well as she's appeared on The View, The Today Show, The Katie Show, Wendy Williams, Great Day in Washington, CNN, and believe me, the list goes on and on. She received an honorary doctorate in education from Richmond, Virginia Seminary. She holds a master's in early childhood special education from George Washington University. And she studied jurisprudence at Oxford University. And Deborah is an author. She's an international speaker and the president of the John Maxwell Team Parenting and Family Certification. In an area where most people have their hands full, and this amazing woman has stepped up and impacted millions of people around the world by now. Dr. Tillman, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. Thank you so much, Joseph, for having me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am absolutely fascinated with what you do. And I will say, I'm going to start off because I want you to share with, it, with us how you got started in this. But I'm going to tell you. Uh, one of the reasons I'm fascinated with you is how you got started. And when I uh, watched a couple of your videos of your story, I got to be honest with you, I couldn't watch it the first time because I was upset myself. Uh, it was it was absolutely angering. So share with us why you and how you got started doing what you do. Yes, thank you so much for asking me that question. Um, wow, you know it was 1994. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, I thought I was going to be an accountant forever. You know, I was the youngest uh, CPA in an engineering company wow. and uh, kind of, you know, loved my job. 
And then I got married and had a son and we had seven childcare providers in three months. Yeah. And um, my son was being abused. It was crazy, Joseph. Oh. The first one was like, I left him in a car seat and left to go to work. I came back four hours later only to find him still in that car seat, uh -huh. sweating profusely with his coat on. Oh. Um, I can't even go to the, you know, seven of them. I mean, it's literally like bruises on his back, giving the wrong breast milk, uh, just all kinds of things kept happening to me. And, and how, how old was he? How old was he at the time? He was Unbelievable. Three Unbelievable. Three months old. So, you know, imagine you're like stressed yeah. out, stressed out, anxiety every day. And it wasn't until I got to the seventh and I always tell people, I said, that must've been, you know, the number of completion where the Lord just said, <laughs> okay, are you going to ask me the right question right now? So finally I, I, I did ask the right question. I walked into a back room and I couldn't find my baby. I, the lady was in the hallway. I was searching everywhere. I was sweating. I was opening doors. And by this time I'm frantic because I don't know if I'm going to find him alive or dead. And I open up this back door and he's in a dark room in a bassinet on his back. The ledge of the wall is holding up a bottle that he has in his mouth and he's sucking air. Literally nothing's in the bottle. And so at this point, I just dropped to my knees. I grabbed him, I dropped to my knees and I just said, okay, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And that was the right question. The why me yes, yes. the question. Mm -hmm. I said, what is it you want me to do? And I heard seven still small words that I tell everybody. He said, I want you to do it better. And I quit uh, my job the next day. Wow, spectacular. You know, even, even as you're telling this again, I get emotional because, yeah. you know, at three months old, I mean, we're so, I mean, as, as a mom, obviously you have a different connection than a father, but we're so, uh, one time my son, when he was about two years old, uh, hid, we were in the store and he hid between in a clothes rack and I couldn't find him for like 60 seconds. And I was panicked. I can't even imagine what it must've been like for you then. Unbelievable. And so where did, you, where did you go from there? What was your next step after that? Yeah, so I quit my job. Um, I quit my job the next day and my husband looked at me and was like, uh, you know, we have the mortgage to pay. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, okay. But the Lord told me to quit. So he must have a plan, right? obviously. And so what I did was because I was still frantic and had a lot of anxiety is I called up my mother-in-law and she watched Zeppelin. That's the name of my son. She watched Zeppelin as I took this one week childcare provider course. Oh, and wow. it literally now, did you, did you, you, you took the course. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You, you took the course just so you could learn more or did you took the course knowing that you were going to move into this in this uh, area? Great question. I took the course knowing that what God said, he never lies. And he said, I want you to do it better. So I was on the road. I figured, okay, at least I'll become a childcare provider. Right, I, didn't, right. I didn't see the school yet, but <laughs> I said, let me go get that. So that was the quickest thing I could get. My, my master's, um, I didn't have my master's yet. I just had a BA in accounting and you know business administration and political science. I had a double major. And so what happened was I started working in my home. I got the house childproof. The licensing people came in and checked the house and said, okay, you can be a childcare provider. And so that's what I did. I had Zeppelin and then his best friend was Jordan Chamberlain, who's now a doctor. Aww. But I did have the vision, Joseph. God gave me the vision while I was taking the course. He said, you're going to have a school. In one week, literally. I 
created a curriculum for these little babies who are like three, right? So the curriculum is what? I'm reading to them, I'm nurturing them, right, right. I'm bonding mm -hmm. with them. They're not watching TV, you know, I'm doing that whole thing. And then while they're asleep, I'm writing up policies and procedures. Literally doing it better. Literally, literally. doing it, yeah. literally doing it. Had no mentors just at that time, you know, in childcare. And so, yeah, I was writing the book, you know, writing the manual, had no, had no employees, writing a parent handbook, had really no parents except for that one child. Um, but word got around and people started calling me and saying, can you watch my child? Can you watch? And so before you know it, within three months, I had, you know, the limit was five children under the age of two and a half. You can only have that. So oh. I called in my mother-in-law and said, can you come help me? Because if you had, if you had another person, you could take on more kids. Right. So, so you can have five. about seven. Yeah. You can have seven with another person. I see. And so that's what I did. And 10 months in um, of doing this, 10 months and growing and learning and researching and praying, doing all of that and trying to, and really doing it because I believe that, you know, excellence was the thing. Cause I had had seven childcare providers in schools right. that weren't operating in excellence. And um, yeah, 10 months in, I got a call from the general manager of the building we were in. And he said, listen, there is a school that just went out of business. They lost a child. Um, the directors and owners, uh, the owner is out of it because they had to bring in the overhead helicopter and that wiped her out. And so the director of the school who has been there for 15 years wants the school, but I heard about you. And I heard the great job you're doing in your apartment. Do you want the school? That's how wow. I got the school in 1994. Wow. Wow. You know, they say God works in mysterious ways. I don't believe it. I believe, you know, you put out the request and, you know, do the right things and it'll come to you. Well, so, so from that school, what made you, what was, you know, I always like to ask people this, what was not so much your big break, but what was the thing that pushed you over the edge where you became internationally known and, you know, at, got the name, the, the, you know, America's super nanny, and I say the world's super nanny, <laughs> but Aww. what was that point? And I, and I mean that because Deborah, the, re, the truth of the matter is your television appearances and the, and the things that you've done have gone worldwide. And, and I've heard about you all over the place. And of course, my team, uh, her who put this together and they shared with me more. And I said, of course, let's absolutely do this. But what was your, what was the, that, uh, that moment or what, what was it that made you go, you know, that blew you up as the, as the kids say? Right. <laughs> Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I tell my, the, the, you know, the children that I mentor now, I really tell them, I said, I never really sought out anything. I put the prayer out to the universe. I put the prayer out to God and things would come to me. And that's how God deals with me. He deals with his children, you know, in different ways, but with me, it comes to me. And so, um, yeah, I was operating excellence. I said, okay, so now how can I be the best school in Alexandria? First of all, I was the number one or first African-American woman to own a childcare yeah, center in Alexandria, yeah. right? And so I started getting local acclaim. And then Essence Magazine called me um, and asked me to, you know, you know, be in their magazine because we heard about you. So it was yeah. all of that, right? So by the time I got to nationally accredited, uh, a nationally accredited school, I started thinking, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do next? And um, another school called and the lady said, Deborah, my mother has cancer. 
I have a school of 150 kids. I heard about you and I heard your wait list is two years long. Do you want me to talk to the church owners about you having this school? That's how I got the second location. That's fantastic. You know, as you were saying this, and you, you mentioned back a couple of times the other, the other schools, uh, the seven schools that you went through, I can't help but think, because uh, I had my own little bit, it's certainly nothing like what you went through, but we had our little horror story in, in that as well. Those st schools still operate. Those, skills, uh, those schools, types like that still operate. Oh, do you, yeah, do you feel that your impact has changed, let's just say, maybe the, the trajectory of the way schools are operating now? Or, you know? I think that is part of the journey. Um, the first part of the journey, obviously, is when I got the show, and I won't go fast to that, but what happened is that he wanted me to connect with parents first, because that right. is what was going on, right? I said I never wanted a parent to come into my school and have their heart broken by picking up their child and that child being abused or you know not catered to in the way that they should be. Right. right, exactly, nurtured and loved and in a safe environment, right? And so that was my number one thing, not to have that happen. And so as I'm doing this, the Lord is sending other things. So he's sending the Happy Home 2 and then the Happy Home 3. And it wasn't until 2011 when again, I get an email from Lifetime saying what? I know, we heard about you. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? Yeah. Like my son opens an email, Joseph, and I'm like, oh, you know, we're just coming back from vacation. By this time he's, you know, in high school and I, he's reading it and he's like, ma, Lifetime TV is like talking to you. And I'm like, yeah, they probably send it to everybody. Just yeah. erase it. And he's like, no, ma. I can't erase it. It says, Dear Deborah. And so, yeah, I open up the email and they say, Joe Frost has retired and we're looking for a homegrown America super nanny. Um, we've interviewed 500 people and we can't find her. And so if you're interested, give us a call on Wednesday. And so I prayed about it like I always do, picked up the phone on Wednesday, did a Skype interview. They flew me out to California on a Friday. All of this happened in a week. Um, my, my audition, Joseph, was throwing me in a house with a woman that had a plethora of issues, two children, with a cameraman, and they said, fix her problems. You have two hours to do it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm Trial always by amazed by that, but not so amazed because for 17 years, I was doing the work. Yeah, yeah. You 17 know, yeah. years, I was, was going it. into houses. Parents mm -hmm. would call me up, you know, Deborah, help my baby go to sleep. What to do? He won't get in the bathtub. He won't eat. I was doing it anyway. So I always tell people when preparation meets opportunity, yes. right? Success yes, shows absolutely. up. Yeah. You've been preparing for so long. Well, I want to jump into something. And uh, because I know our listeners, if you will, uh, you probably have a ton of questions. So I'm going to kind of uh, field through some of them that I would have if I were there. My, my son now is 15 years old. We'll get to that here in a moment, but <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And, and by the way, let me say this. I so appreciate that you're faith-based in this because in my opinion, there's so there, there's such a need for that. That's, that is such a, there's such a lack for that right now, at least the foundation. Yes. So a couple of questions, if you will. Um, you know, so Obviously, and I like the fact that you, like you said, you're focusing on the parents as well as the children. 
And so is there any, is there one or maybe two or three general things that you would say to parents just as a general foundation in terms of parenting, approaching uh, your kids, let's say one to five and maybe five to seven or five to, to, to 10? Sure. So basically what I, um, because, you know, I have a whole preschool of parents <laughs> and they have to take a parenting course before they could even be enrolled in my school, right? Right, because sure. You need mm -hmm. the connection. But basically what I tell parents, listen, I have an acronym for you, P-A-R-E-N-T-S, right? So very simple. I need you to be prepared. That's the, that's the P, right? Prepared means, you know, getting rid of some of the fear, the doubt, the guilt, the shame from your past, all the baggage that we carry, the trauma from our childhood, all of that that then we put on our children. So we work out ways to kind of get rid of all of that, right? Be prepared. Then the A is affirm your children. Over the last 20 something years that I've been doing this, 27 years, oh my gosh, there is such a need for parents to speak life into their children. Yes, oh my goodness, yes. I mean, I don't care what kind of, you know, where you living at, you know, where if you're living in the projects, if you're, if you're on a, this socioeconomic, you know, status from the high to the low, still has nothing to do with you speaking life. They need to you know that, are the, yeah. that, they, that yeah. you believe in them, right? Yeah. You are the esteem to that child, that child's growth, goodness. Exactly. The R is obviously to rear them, to raise them. We don't just make babies, right? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta raise them. Um, to educate them because oftentimes the educational system and that would take a whole nother program uh, to <laughs> tell you how disgusted I am with the educational system. Oh, but don't get me started. Stuff, right. Yeah right to do our job right to educate our children to nurture them is the end to train them up in the way that they should go right not the way they want to go but the way they should go and uh the s is to support always to support because i have parents whose children um you know they reach out to me and they might be in juvenile homes or they might be in prison even you know and i say you can't give up you just can't give up you got to support them through the process of, of their life that is absolutely spectacular. Uh, a couple questions. I want to go back to the P uh, uh, with regard to preparing. And you mentioned, uh, you know, getting rid of the baggage, for lack of a better term. Share with us a little bit. You said we have some things that we do in there. Uh, share with me maybe just a little bit about what you do in terms of helping people get rid of their own baggage. Sure. So I, I learned this like growing up, but more importantly, when I was in the homes of parents all over the world doing America's Super Nanny, I mean, I would come up with I would observe for like, you know, seven hours and I would never see the parent hug their child. Right. And so, you know, we'd have these conversations off camera and I'd be like, you know, you don't, you don't touch your child. There's no, like none of the five love languages. They did none of that. None of and, and they were like, well, you know, my mother never hugged me. Yeah, right. well, baggage like that, right? Baggage mm -hmm. like, you know, beating children. You know, I'm totally against, if you know anything about Deborah Tillman, you know, I'm totally against harsh punishment, harsh parenting, you know, and that, and that comes from the ABs and Cs, right? So your attitude with them, your behavior yeah. with them and the way you, your character, the way you are with them. Right, All right. Mm -hmm. Harsh parenting. I love um, your acronyms. This is beautiful. This I, is I love acronyms. Um, but yeah, so all of that, there is a way to discipline children without hurting their bodies. And so I teach parents different things to do, like lose what you like. You know, they like a lot of things these days. They like hanging out with their friends. They like being on technology. They like getting the biggest and brightest games. Take it away. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, teach the lesson. Let you know, discipline comes from the root word disciple, which means mm -hmm. to teach, not to yes. teach. You know, I, I so appreciate that. I've never ever laid a hand on my child and never will. And uh, I, but my parents, oh, you know, they, they, my dad made a hobby out of beating us. <laughs> you know, and and never ever once did I even consider, and it was not out of resentment, by the way, never, ever once did I even consider that that was something that I would do to my child. And so, which would, which leads me to my second question. And that is, um, what do you think, because not that, not that the way that my parents and or your parents raised us better than anything else, but there's, there's a huge gap from the way, let's just say somebody that is, I want to say 50 years and younger, nowadays was raised as opposed to, you know, now, especially now a generation, what do you think was the biggest uh, uh, lack or something that happened that wasn't there uh, that started happening, that started uh, making the parents not what they were to teach the children what, uh, th th what we got when we were younger? Mm, wow. Well, you know, come on, different generations, right? Yeah. Different yeah. things happen because of different generations. So if I just even took the discipline part, right? People my age, we, because we got beat so much, because we got hit so much, you know, we said, okay, I was very intentional about saying I'm not going to hit the yes. body of my child, right? So things work out that way, right? Where you're seeing something that your parents did, God bless them, they did the best they could, but yeah, it's a generation curse, right? Mm -hmm. So we decide that when we know better, we do better, okay? Yeah. But then there are things like, you know, manners, I always called my mother's friends, Miss Mary Ashley, like the whole name. Yeah. And these days, you know, children are just allowed to kind of go call parents you know, by their first name. Like, oh. right. yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not okay. So you don't throw everything out with the bathwater, right? You don't throw the baby yeah. out with yeah. the bathwater, but you pick and choose what's, you know, based off of your family. And that's the hard thing about parenting is that there is no blanket thing exactly. to do right there's no blanket roadmap that just says you know this is what you do this is the perfect parent and this is perfect family because there are no perfect no i i agree right? with you and i think you've supplied it let's just say maybe not a blanket but a comforter with your acronym for parenting i mean for parents oh, for sure. you know because that for is sure. something that is something that that you know, there, there was a saying, and I know you've heard it a billion times that, you know, kids raising kids. And when people say that, uh, you know, there's no manual uh, for raising kids, well, yes, there are. You've written books, you've written, uh, you know, curriculums and things like that. So there is a place to go uh, to do that. And, you know, when you said you, you were so vehemently against um, harming your child's body, I remember when my son was born, I only have, I only have one child, and when he was born, three things happened. Uh, number one, like every parent, or I, I, I like to think other, every parent uh, feels this way, that I fell madly, unconditionally in love. And in that moment, I would have given my life, even though he was seconds old. The second thing that I realized was that this is his life, not mine. Yes. And, and that he's going to have his own experiences. He's going to go through things. And the, the third thing was that my job is to love him, support him, and to educate him and all the things that you were saying there. And because of that, and I, re I remember this because, uh, you know, I got on the phone and I called my dad, you know, because uh, and, and uh, you know, he was in he was in Ohio at the time. And just to let him know uh, that the you know, baby was born and everything. And it was interesting. And he said to me, and it just brings tears to my eyes right now. 
He said to me, I hope you do a better job with your son than I did with you. And it hurt me. It hurt my soul. And the reason um, being was because uh, that th th it hurt me when he said that was because I thought, like you said, my parents did the best they could with the resources that they had. And I said, Dad, you know, you did an amazing job. I said, I love myself. I'm successful. I treat people right. I do all the things that you taught me. As a matter of fact, my latest book, Deborah, is called Dare to be Magnificent. And there were five things that my, my father taught me that um, I know made me the man that I am right now. And um, but the reason I share that with you is because I remember hanging the phone up and I was crying. I was crying because the emotion of the moment, you know, my, my child was born and I was crying because just going through this with my dad, I actually helped him feel better. And then when I looked at my son, I knew what my father was talking about. I knew my father was talking about the way that he beat us. They called it spanking in those days. Spanking, right, right. And um, even when he did it, you know, as a child that was spanked and maybe you went through this, maybe you didn't, um, I, I always felt like two things. I felt like number one, you know, I obviously I don't want this spanking, but the other thing I remember as a child feeling like how, how hard it must be for my dad and my mom, because she, she spanked us as well, how, much, how hard it must be for them to have to do that to us. And when I hung the phone up from my father and I turned and I looked at my child, the overwhelming feeling that came over me was how, how could I possibly harm this beautiful being? It wasn't that I'm not gonna do it because my father did it to me. Right. You know, it was it was that. But share with me. And you said there's no no blanket thing. But if you if you were to say that there's uh, maybe a a dominant theme with regard to some of the challenges that that most parents have or these days that they're looking for, is it discipline their children? What What is it? Would you say is the number one thing? Uh, discipline is is high on the list. Those are the calls I get. Um, Connecting with teenagers, oh, you know, okay. my teenager is slamming doors, not speaking to me, uh, and it could be girls or boys. They it just is across the board. Um, when they're young, obviously the discipline issues, but as they get older, it's definitely the temper tantrums. But I want to go back to something that you said, Joseph. Um, I love that you said that your child is not your own. It reminds me of that Khalil Gibran poem on our children, right? Our children come through us, but they're not from us, right? We are here to just steward them. These are God's babies. And so when you think of it like that, then how on earth could we lay a belt, a, a stick? I used to have to go out and get branches. Of, yeah, yeah. All mm -hmm. kind, you know, a, a, a ironing cord. All, how could we do that to our children? And so that is one of the things that I get a lot of pushback, even on Steve Harvey's show. Oh my gosh, you you would not believe, I never really looked at social media when I did Super Nanny because people would just be so, I mean, great <laughs> great stuff, but then you get those haters. That yeah, I know, like, I know. Yes. How could yeah. you not beat anybody? You're black. Oh, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but that is where I got the most pushback. I turned out all right and I got beat is the, is the blanket line people say. And, and really none of us are all right. All of us <laughs> need some of this. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, but I love what you said. Yes, there is no roadmap. You know, there's no manual. People often say that. But what I love to say is that, no, there's not that, but there is a blueprint. There yes. is a foundation. And when that foundation is set and solid, 
no matter what storms of life come, that house isn't going to fall down. You know, your family isn't going to fall down because you have those rooted things within your family. So yes, it's the parenting acronym, but it's also the five fingerprints. My father put five, I, I always say I've won the lottery for 12 years with my father. I love my mother too, but my father had three girls. And before we went out the house every day, he was like, you are a Washington, because our last name was Washington. You yeah. are a Washington and you are brilliant and you are smart. I mean, oh, it man. was just like we had every single day, Joseph. And we were like, yes, we are. I mean, the whole ritual. Where did this guy come from? My father was amazing. He worked from a janitor all the way up to the vice president of an aluminum company in East Unbelievable. Oregon. Right, right. In the 60s, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 60s, but the five fingerprints were that you are accepted no matter what the world says, because you know, our parents knew obviously yeah. more than we did and they know the world. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you are accepted no matter what the world says about you in this house, it's a safe space and you will always be accepted. The second fingerprint is that you are valuable. And you know that's where the foundation of faith came in because they were like, even your mom and dad have nothing to do with that. God says you're valuable. Jesus said he died for you, so you're valuable. Okay, you're worth more than diamonds and rubies. Okay, you are it. Right. And he just sowed those seeds into us when we were so young. The third fingerprint was you are capable. You're capable of anything that you put your mind to doing. If you wanna do it, you can do it. If you believe you can do it, it will be done. That is what I grew up with. The fourth fingerprint is you are forgiven. So yes, we don't want you going out killing people, but if that happened, we will forgive you. Imagine the, the release of that. Right, right. How a child doesn't feel fear because they know that their parents will always forgive them. And then the fifth fingerprint was that you will always be unconditionally loved in this house. Uh, and love is spelled things, right? Love is spelled T-I-M-E. That is so spectacular. Just that alone would change the lives of people. Exactly. That alone, you know, God bless you. You God bless your father, you know, for doing that. Cause I was going to, you know, I was going to, my father was military and he had, uh, you know, his five things, but those, those are a, such an unbelievable foundation. And the fact that you got that in terms of affirmation every single day, this is something that is missing. I, you know, I have my son, and, and he's 15 now. He's, I started him doing this. I've, I've had him reading since he was reading, you know, things that I thought were going to help him, you know, but I also, because in this day and age, uh, in the video day and age, and especially over COVID and everything, I put him in front of a camera. And I said, you know, you say these affirmations. And like any kid, he didn't enjoy it in the very beginning. Right. But then when he finally just said, okay, if I, if I don't do it, then, you know, I don't get to go play games. So he started doing it and he started enjoying it. So he started saying those things himself. You know, uh, having that in the home like you had there, we had things I always share with people that my father, <laughs> my dad was, uh, was very disciplined and very strict. Right. And he was the same thing. He, uh, he uh, joined the military because uh, he didn't have an education, but he worked his, his way all the way up through to get his master's and, uh, and in computer science you know, while working while he's having kids. And he always said this, he goes, listen, I'm not here all the time, you know, and the burden, and we, I have three sisters and there was me. And so the, the, the biggest burden in terms of raising us most of the time was my mom. And she was absolutely spectacular as well. Uh, and 
she didn't do what you were saying with regard to uh, making us say things. She was by example, you know, she would, her, her level of kindness and things that she was doing things. But I'm, and listen, I could talk to you on and on. However, I'm realizing that we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a little bit over time. Um, I, I want to, uh, first off, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I have two requests. Okay. Uh, one of them is, will you come back again and can we continue this conversation? Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Perfect. And the second one is, uh, the second question is, how do people find you, your books? What, how can people stay in touch with you? Obviously, we're going to put it in the description here as well, but I want people to actually in, not just enjoy, but I want people to learn from and practice what you teach as well. How do they find you? Thank you so much. So um, website is www.debralikelovetillman.com. Um, you'll see everything there, Parenting on Purpose book. You'll see the Game Changers book, 12 Strategies in Getting Through the Storms of Life, okay? And Stepping Out on Faith, How to Open a Quality Child Care Center. So that's my next thing, gathering all the owners and directors of child care and teaching them how to lead better. Yeah, make, making it a standard. Well, listen, thank you so much for what you do and uh, the, the lives that you've impacted, you know, and obviously... Uh, you know, there's so much more that you're going to do as well. And I, I promise you the next time we talk, I'm going to ask you some questions about how to raise a 15 year old better. Because I mean, I love my son. Don't get me wrong. He's an amazing, amazing kid. And I'm learning along the way as well. And okay. lastly, I'll say, you know, what I said with regard to uh, and, and you reiterated it with regard to they come through us. They're not ours. Um, I have to remind myself of that weekly that when I, you know, because there are times I'll look at him and I'll wake up in the morning. He's, he's in, he's in, uh, he's in uh, volleyball now. So I got to get him at two school at 6am in the morning. And he's, he's molasses in the morning. And there's times you just want to reach back and choke him, you know, to the, <laughs> but you don't, and you got to go, you know, that's his life. Well, Deborah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and any words in parting? Thank you so much for having me, Joseph. I totally appreciate it. Um, and I just want to tell parents, it's a little bit about what Howard Thurman said, right? He said, go out and do what makes you come alive, right? Uh -huh. For me, it's raising our generation of children and helping their parents. I love, I love that, raising our generation. Well, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, please. Now, by the way, social media, are you, uh, we'll, we'll include it all in, we'll, we'll get all that stuff Twitter, in there as Facebook, well. Everything. Please follow this woman, find out more and more, because as I said at the very beginning, if you aren't one, you're probably going to be one here real soon. And if you are, even if the kids are out of the nest, this will help you forgive yourself. <laughs> so thank you so much. And everybody remember, uh, like and subscribe and remember that life is always exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I'm Joseph McClendon III and this has been The Cure for the Common Life with my amazing guest, Deborah L. Tillman. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much, Joseph. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.